This morning I've entitled this message, Faith Versus Feelings. Which one of those is you? <laughs> we talk of revival. Revival, a lot of times based upon an emotional experience. Some say it won't last. You must have the word. Base it all on the word. You're too radical. Revival won't last. It's a spiritual high. You've got to come back to earth. And we battle between these two places, between being totally biblical in every aspect and, and then yet having a, an experience that touches our heart, that it emotionally stirs us. The first one is to ignore our feelings altogether and turn our faith into a matter of an intellectual pursuit. Our relationship with God is merely just a Bible study. The second is the latest and greatest experience. We want to get on the charismatic treadmill of running after the most exciting, most dramatic outpourings we can to find what's going on in the, in, in the church. I believe both of these solutions are wrong. Somewhere in the middle of those, I believe that God, that's where God wants to place us. I look at Revelations chapter 2. It says in verse 2, of, of chapter 2 it says these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands I know your deeds your hard work and your perseverance I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them to be false you have persevered and have endured hardship in my name and have not grown weary yet first yet yet I hold this against you you have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Some people have said to me, Greg, you're awful hard on the church. Well, here's the reason. If you go to the book of Revelations, there are seven churches there, and only two of them were prepared. Only two. That's like about 28%. Now, if you take that, and I don't believe that if you compared it United States-wise, we probably wouldn't even be to that degree. But what I'm getting at is this. The Bible shows and, and gives us this example from the Scripture that the church as a whole is not prepared, is not ready for God coming back. The church, see, I, am, I believe God has called me, and I don't want you guys running around saying this, but I'm a wedding prepper. See, the bride is not ready. The bride of Christ is not ready. She has preoccupied herself with herself instead of preoccupying herself with the groom, Jesus. See, this church here, the church at Ephesus, they had what was going on. It says there, look what it tells you. It says, you have, you have tested those who claim to be apostle. I know your deeds. You have persevered and have endured hardships and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. So it looks to me like if you look at this church, they had the mechanical things going on. They had all the outward showing. They were, they were this church that they, they had the deeds. They had tested things that were, were needed to be tested. Yet God says, listen, I have this against you because you have lost that true love that you had once for me. You have forgotten to be preoccupied with me. He tells them, see, it becomes basically an academic part. It becomes just a laborious part. Instead of missing this part that God wants is that spiritual part. 
the fervency you had when you first fell in love with God. He wants us to sustain that. See, sweet, experience of, is, sweet experiences of God are to be sought and essential. However, they are not the whole. They must be balanced between that and the word. Because feelings are fickle, fleeting, frail, and fruitless at times. We can go from bright to gloom, like the, lever, like the weather, shifting sand like a roller coaster. We can be, and I'm going to tell you right now, I am one of those people. I can ride that roller coaster with you. Feelings can be counterfeited. That's what most of us would say. Well, you know what? If, I don't even know if I want to have this, this experience with God because they can be counterfeited. David Martin Lloyd-Jones, he was a, a great preacher. And J.I. Packer said this about him. He says, you never heard such preaching, such godly preaching. And it came with the force of electricity, elect, electrical shock, bringing at least one of his listeners more to the sense of God than any other man. See, that's, I don't, I don't want to bring you an academic experience. I don't want to bring you just a, a biblical plan. Say, here it is. I want the power of God to hit you right in the face. I want it to touch you so deeply that it moves you, it shakes you, it changes you, that you will not be the same, that it transforms you into something different. See, if all I'm going to do is give you the word and it's just an academic exercise, it's just another intellectual experience, then I'll tell you what, you might as well go join the Buddha church. You might as well go join the Quran. My brother, he's been reading it. He tells me about what we, we, if we really truly want an experience of God, it will be matched. Our word, our, our word digging in and our experience with God will be two things that will be combined together and they will be knit together. That experience will match up with the word of God. It won't just be some charismatic experience that we begin to look for the next thing that's out there, but it will be that thing that, that, that draws us in, that changes us. Feelings can come and go. The devil, of course, is aware well of this. His strategy is to make us completely rely on our feelings. Many people base their whole Christian experience upon them. They have a great experience and they base everything on that experience they have with God. When those feelings desert them, however, their whole position is shaken. The devil says you're not a Christian at all. And all of a sudden they don't feel loved anymore. So all of a sudden they find themselves outside of the experience with God. But see, feelings are a part of the Christian experience. They are, in, they are indeed vital and essential. You cannot really believe in this great salvation without feeling something. The thought of being saved by His grace should move us. You cannot truly re- realize the presence of God and remain the same. Every man who had an encounter with God throughout the Word of God, something happened in their lives. Something changed. Feelings cannot be our ultimate authority. As you know, they are, they are changeable. They are unreliable. See, I'm not going to be governed by my feelings. I shall find myself constantly changing. Happy, sad, okay, miserable, and sometimes up and down. If I find myself rooted in the word of God, attached to the word of God, and then, then my, my experience will be encompassed around that, I begin to see that, you know what, God has got me in this place, 100%, like I've said it before, we're 100% word, 100% spirit. See, this this will keep us from this place where we feel dry, dull, and even empty. 
See, they, they knew this. When, remember the song, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. It says, then Jesus' blood and righteousness. What he said here in this next, this next line, he says, I dare not trust the sweetest frame. What he was saying is, I will not trust my frame of mind. I root myself in God. His, my hope is built on Jesus Christ. Nothing, nothing else. Yeah, I have this experience with him, but this experience can be up and down. I know this. I, I totally lean on Jesus Christ. Our love is not based upon feelings. It is based upon his sacrifice. Smith Wigglesworth said this, I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I feel. I am moved by what I believe. See, today, too many times we live in reaction to darkness, calamity, things in our, our life, trouble, tribulation, all these things going around us. The Obama administration, oh, it's got me so upset. And we think God's up there just wringing his hands over these situations. He's not. It doesn't matter who's president. I know that's hard for us to believe. It isn't, it isn't going, you know what, listen, we all know what the end of the book says. Get your eyes fixed on that. Don't worry about all this other stuff. Fix your eyes on him. The one thing that will not change. It stays the same. His unchangeableness. He is unmovable. He's unshakable. He is like that tree planted by the water that will not be moved. That's what we have to rest ourselves in. Not living in reaction to darkness, because that allows the enemy to set our agenda. God wants us living in reaction to the light. I become more God conscious, aware of his presence. See, in, in, second, in, second, in 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says, who can have the mind of Christ? How can we do this? He says, you can have the mind of Christ. You can become conscious of what God is doing. What you are conscious of gets released in the atmosphere around you. If you live in gloom and doom, guess what? Everybody around you feels it. They experience it with you. Like it or not. That's why sometimes, you know what, people, honestly, we want to stay away from, when, do you remember Schlepp Rock? He was, this is, oh, I'm dating myself, the Flintstones. He, he would come in. He had dirt all around him. He was just, he was this clutter of dirt every place he went. And everything was down. And sometimes that's the way we look. Everything looks down. No, begin to look, live in reaction to what God is doing. Look in, look in reaction to what God is doing here. Look what he's doing there. And even if he does nothing, even if I don't see a miracle, even if I don't see anything in the physical, I rest my faith on him. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. Spiritual things can only be recognized, perceived by our spirit. And that is when it's been made alive by the spirit of God. 
physical senses cannot discern these things. Believing that God loves you is not based upon a feeling. Listen to me, guys. Your relationship with God is not based upon whether you feel loved or you don't. It is based upon his promise. It is based upon the fact of his, circ- his, of his sacrifice. Nothing else. It doesn't matter how you feel. I may not feel saved, but I know that I base my relationship based upon this fact that he died on the cross for me. I believe that. I accept that. See, our physical senses don't operate in the spiritual realm. Think about this. In in Isaiah 53, it said, talking about Jesus when he came. This is how they described him. He said he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we would even desire him. See, This relationship, even in our own lives, loving our spouses and our children is not based upon emotions. I will tell you, how do you you know that? That first time that baby's diaper begins to stink, you know at 12 o'clock at night, you realize very quickly that this is not just an emotional experience. Oh, I loved having a baby. No, now all of a sudden, you got to the part where you have to wrestle through it. That first time you have that fight with your wife, this lovely bride that you just, you know, couldn't wait to be with. You, you focused your whole life and attention around that. And all of a sudden you're in this, you're in this brawl and you go, man, it, it cannot be based upon emotion. The honeymoon's over. <laughs> Believing that God loves you is not based upon a feeling, but it is based upon promises of his word that is where faith comes in faith will defy reason it won't make sense faith though is tangible faith is substance what do you mean greg faith is substance it is the substance of our hope faith is the promise or it is the legitimate claim for that hope Something this world does not have. See, charismatic looks, charismatics only look at this in the eyes and the lens of healing. But many times, the aspect of faith has to be broadened beyond that. See, now, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is substance. It has tangibleness. It is real. It is alive. It is based upon fact. See, it is the evidence of things not seen. There, see, I don't, you know, we, we always try to get into this area of of Christian and science, what I want you to understand is it is based, this whole premise, faith, is based upon a fact. It is not based upon anything else. It is based on the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. His blood was shed for us. I want you to know today, whether you you believe it or not, it is a fact of history that Jesus died on a cross. So that tells us right there, we have to do something with that. We either say he's a lunatic or we say he is Jesus Christ, who he said he was. We have to make that determination in our mind because he is a fact of history. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. This word here is the word hypostasis. And it means this, literally, standing under a guaranteed agreement. You have the title and the deed, the promise or the property, the legitimate claim to that which is under the legal standing. You are entitled to something guaranteed by the one who guarantees it. See, what I'm saying here is, when he says, now 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is tangible. It has a guarantee behind it. When God says this is what's going to happen, it is going to come to pass regardless of what I do. He says, I will set the outcome. This is what I have determined. This is where the waters will stop. I have, I, me and myself, God, in the sense of God, he says nothing. I don't answer to anything outside of myself. I alone am able to do this by my right, mighty right arm. This is what God says. He says, listen, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. That's Romans 14, 23. See, I pray because I'm commanded to. Then I say, you say, well, what if? I don't worry about the what ifs. I, I pray because I'm commanded to. I fast because I'm commanded to. He says, do it, so I do it. What if it doesn't, what if it doesn't turn out the way I thought? It doesn't really matter. The outcome is irrelevant. Obedience is the factor he's looking for. What takes more faith? Let me ask you this. What takes more faith? Me to pray for you and you get healed or for me to pray for you or you to be praying over a situation and it not change. It stays just the same. What takes more faith? Because you've seen it happen or because you begin to continue to contend and you continue to believe and you say, I will not relent. I will stand on the promises of God. I will do what God has commanded me to do. I will pray. I will fast. I will do what he said to me. And it doesn't matter what the outcome is. That's faith. That's true faith. I talked to a man yesterday. He's in the hospital. A faith healer here in town said, oh, great, you know what? You just don't have enough faith. Your heart, if you, if you had enough faith, you, you know what? Your heart would be healed. I say to that faith healer, listen, if you have enough faith, preacher, then you pray for me and you make it happen. See, that's the difference. Sometimes we see these faith healers on TV. You know what? And we, and we look at people and we say, oh, you just don't have enough faith. You know what? There should be enough faith right here. If I'm the man of God, if you're the man of God, if you're the, 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 man, the one who's going to pray for the healing, there should be enough healing right there. There should be enough faith right there that I don't have to worry about whether you, you receive it or doubt. I should be able to, to pray that fair, prayer of faith and it should come to pass. See, but see, the difference is this. See, the, 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 the whole premise behind the, behind the faith healers is this. They take God out of the equation. It really becomes about what you can accomplish. It really becomes about what you can say. And God says, listen, I am still the God of the universe. I still speak things into existence. And if I determine it, if I say it, it will come to pass. And we can believe that. That is something. That's when we go back to this, this verse. That is something. You, when we, the old saying, you can take that to the bank. You have the title. You have the agreement. He said it will happen. It will happen. Some would say, well, I don't like a God who allows suffering. I want you to know this morning, that's an emotional response. What takes more faith, I said. When there appears to be no answer... That's where faith really comes in. A faith response says, I trust in God in spite of suffering, in spite of trials, in spite of of everything that goes on. I believe it takes more faith that I obtain what I've asked for because I continue to contend. See, faith is the locomotive. See, fact, the faith is, is what drives us. The facts are the coal car. And the feelings are the caboose. They ride along. They get pulled along by our faith. Feelings are not the locomotive. Feelings shouldn't be dragging us around. Our faith is our puller. And our facts are that which empower it. See, 
Feelings must be the rider. You will not always feel loved. You will not always feel God's presence. But yet his word says he promised us that we're to agree and we come together. He said he would be in our midst. The fact sometimes is we may feel the exact opposite because the enemy is working against. He is constantly trying to counterfeit. You won't feel like coming to church. You will not feel like loving your husband. You will not feel like loving your kids. But it doesn't matter how you feel. It's what you're de- you determine you're going to do in your heart and in your mind. You won't feel like reading your Bible. You won't feel like fasting. You will not feel like praying. But how will you ever get to know the real Is it by studying the counterfeit? No. Bankers actually study $100 bills, the the real one. That's how how they're able to tell which ones are, are fake and which ones are real. They spend all their time with the real thing so that they feel it. They know what it looks like. And then when a counterfeit one comes in, they all, they know it. They understand. See, we try to, we want to do the opposite. We think that we need to see the counterfeit so that we can, we can know what real is. No, listen, God says, study me. Study the real thing and you'll know what I look like. You'll know what I feel like. You'll know my presence because it's bound up in my word. Your time is now. It's not based upon a feeling. You love someone, then show it. That's what God says to us. When we, when we operate in feelings, a spirit of offense moves in. I, I, I feel hurt. He said this to me. Did you see how he talked to me? He said that meanly. He doesn't like me. Did you see how he looked at me? I know he's talking behind my back. See, all these things in the church, in our homes, in our relationships, in our workplace, all these things have a place. But God says, listen, base it upon my faith. Don't base it upon Holy Ghost goosebumps. I love the Spirit of God. I, you know that song where that, that dove was, was going very... I love that just as a picture of the Holy Spirit. I love all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. And see, many of us, because we've come out of lives of addiction, we've been medicated, we've, we've, we've spent too much time with alcohol, pornography, feelings of sensation. Our feelings have been in control of everything. And God says, listen, I don't want you to base it upon a feeling. It is based upon that locomotive, that fact that will draw you alongside see our soul side is our mind will and emotions and who's leading us the spirit must take the lead everything that must come out of this everything that comes out of the spirit will be based upon faith feelings aren't bad we shouldn't just abandon them i'm not saying that we should we shouldn't be stirred to emotion see but the 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 difference is is when we base it upon our, our, our faith is based upon god and not upon a feeling, how I feel about a certain situation, then we'll be see this, because Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. This word at the very beginning says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word. This is a dynamic word. It's the word rhema. It is the same word used in Matthew 4, 4, when Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word. That comes from the mouth of God. It is the same word. This is a faith that re- proceeds out of a spiritual hearing. It is consummated through this, this revelation of what God is doing and, and telling us. Now there are two words in the, in, the, in the New Testament that talk about word. One is logos. And that's where we see in the beginning God created the word. And the word was with God. That is logos. But there is also another word for word. And it is this word rhema, 
which means God bringing it to life. Where it, it comes to life with insight. When, when you know, have, you, have you ever just read a scripture and then all of a sudden you feel like the word of God was just leaping off the page and you're like, this is for me. This is for me right here. God's speaking to me right now in this situation. That's what I'm talking about. Where that word comes alive. See, Jesus said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word, the logos, was God. God does not differentiate himself between his word. He says, I and the word are one. He, I said it last week. I said, he says, by my words, you will be judged. He's saying, by me, by Christ. This morning as we close, faith birthed not in a feeling, but in who Christ is, what he's done, the fact of what he's done.
Lord, we need you. That's the desire of our heart this morning, God. God, we cry out for you. Lord, for your presence. For your spirit to move in our lives. God, we desire you. God, become that very air we breathe. The breath of God within us. Bring us to life this morning in you, God. This morning as we close, I just want to take a moment and if you need, if you are, that's that place you're at this morning. I don't know, maybe the Lord is just, just drawing you in and you're just feeling, you know what, I... I need more of Him. I need more of Him. I need more of Him in my life. I don't want to be on this roller coaster of up and down based upon my feelings, but Lord, on facts that you have given within me. This morning, I'm going to open this altar just for a moment. If you'd like to come, I'm going to be here to pray with you. I'm going to play that song one more time, and as I do, the rest of you may be dismissed. You may quietly leave, but... If you need prayer this morning, I'm just going to ask you to come forward. Amen.